I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 15, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to obviously take a look at the reversal candle that exists on the daily chart. There's a lot of other stuff that we're going to look at from an intraday perspective as a learning opportunity. We're going to talk a little bit about reversals, how we identify them from short long-term perspectives. We'll talk about what's up north. Where is the resistance area? It's obviously where the red line is. We talked about that last week, but this morning and certainly Sunday night in the overnight session when the futures opened up, they thumped them pretty good. So the question is, why did they have a quick turnaround or reversal in the morning session? Was it only due to the buy the dip crowd? What was the cause of the rescue operation? Well, what we do know is that the Fed essentially stepped in and said they're going to start buying corporate bonds. That's a source of liquidity across the markets. It's more free money. It's more stimulus. Therefore, The general market, the market participants as a whole, likes the fact that the Fed continues to say, continues to be a backstop, and therefore, the the buy-the-dip crowd shows up, easy money all day long, therefore, let's buy up the market, and you had a reversal and a rally underway. A couple of things that jump off the daily chart, and then we're going to drill down to the intraday stuff, and we will talk about reversals and what happened intraday, where an opportunity was, where it wasn't. We're going to do the whole ball of wax. First, what jumps off the daily chart? Well, you have the moving averages and a gap down below. The gap we had on the chart before, which was 295.44, and it certainly looked like they were going to go get the gap in the early morning session. Even before the market opened, you would have thought that they would have went to get the gap at 295.44. That didn't happen, so that tells us a couple of things. A, they stopped short at what's known as the gap window, The low in this pivot is 296.87. The low today is 296.74. And that's where they stage the reversal. Now, you don't know that that's going to happen in advance. You don't know they're going to miss the gap. And that's where identifying what's going on in real time is paramount. It is a real-time business. So we know a couple of things. Not hitting the gap and reversing is bullish. We also know a couple of other things. So we've been discussing last week... As the market began to consolidate, as it began to work off some of the quote-unquote overbought condition, which there is no measurement for, but we know we were extended, we know that we were a little bit far away from home base. That's our guideline. We don't really need anything else. The farther we get away from home base, which is the 20-period moving average, the closer we're going to be to the market running into some kind of resistance zone. Where was the resistance zone? And we're not going to rehash the past, but the resistance zone was essentially up in this area here that we never got to my stingy area, which was a buck or so higher than the market actually got. They reversed back down, left me at the altar, and I wearing the schmuck shirt. 
Okay, fair enough, there's another trade around the corner. So what we were discussing last week was, is this going to be the end of the rally or potentially another one of these? What is these? We have a run-up and a pullback. A run-up and a pullback. A run-up and a pullback. We continue to have the same pattern over and over and over again. And each and every time the market pulls back, it's met with a buying crowd and then higher highs. So therefore, the open question is, is this another pullback and then another recocking of the gun or reset for another run to higher highs. Is that possible? Anything is possible. We're a long way off from that. And we're going to discuss where the near-term resistance area is and why in a moment. Before we do that, let's kind of switch over and play a little small ball for a moment. Let's focus in the activity right out of the chute this morning. So everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. Here's a five-minute SPY chart. Is there a clear reversal signal on a five-minute chart? And the answer is no. What you had is the buy the dip crowd show up and the market started trading higher. But there's no clear signal of a reversal on a five-minute chart. Fair enough. About a 15-minute chart. Well, you had the buy the dip crowd show up, and there is a nice tail candle, but it's not an enormous tail candle. It's the makings of a reversal, but here's what we know. This is the mindset Monday morning or most mornings. So the buy the dip crowd showed up. They had an early morning shakeout. We don't know if they're going to rally the SPY up a dollar, a dollar and a half, or two, and then reverse them back down or keep going. There's no way to know that at present. In the morning, during the morning rush, you can make a case for a number of resistance areas along the way. And so the market's moving rather fast, and you have to wait for it to put in a clear signal of something. There's a 30-minute chart. There's a reversal candle by 10 a.m. in the morning. Okay, fair enough. However, Do you know the market's going to continue running with no pullbacks? No, you don't know that. That's the problem. Here's an hourly chart. The problem this morning was there were no pullbacks. The market basically ran up to the last resistance area that I put on the board for Inside the Numbers members in terms of the commentary. It basically ran up to 208 and a quarter plus a hundy, 308 and a quarter, And it's pretty apparent when you just look at this 120-minute chart, it was a good old-fashioned short squeeze from the get-go. What happened inside the numbers today? So this is interesting. As the morning unfolds, we kind of think back to what was going on Friday. They sucked in some people to the long side on Friday into the closing bell, thinking there was going to be follow-through into Monday. So you see that touched upon here in the pre-market notes, and more so later on as you'll read in the commentary. And what we're going to do here is just scroll up so you can read the notes at your leisure if you so choose. Since it was a runaway market, what I was basically doing was providing the logical overhead resistance areas and whatever support areas there would be on a pullback along the way. And we were essentially waiting for some kind of bull flag pattern to emerge. And nothing really emerged until the very end of the day when they went down to test near the bottom of, not quite the bottom of, but near the bottom of a breakup candle low before the end of the day push, or as I like to call it, jam session. We'll take a look at stocks on the move in a moment, but let me just scroll up. 
You can pause the video, do whatever you like, read the notes, read the commentary, go see what happened in the market. You see at 10 a.m., there's the UAL and XOM trade. They were working out, so we'll take a look at those. That's a sneak peek or a sneak preview at the two stocks that hit their suggested entry targets that were put on the board long before the market opened for business. But let's get through the notes so that you can see if, in fact, this type of commentary would be helpful for you intraday if you're at all active in the market intraday or on an intraday basis. Go ahead and see what was put on the board as the overhead resistance areas. See what the market did on a short-term basis at those areas. Did it at least stall out saying, hey, yeah, that was resistance, but the power of the short squeeze was so overpowering that the market kept going up to the final area of around 308 and change and you'll see that put on the board and here it is right here 308.28 you'll see it come up again as 308 and a quarter it's all the same number let's get through and to the top of this there it is so that we can now go down and take a look at stocks on the move so there was a pretty good list today and when the market is trading down and that what was happening in the morning Market's trading lower, so we know that we're going to get some opportunities. If the market didn't turn right around immediately at the open, there would have been more trades filled. We only want the trades at our number, not somebody else's number. That's just the way this works. So let's focus on the two that worked out, XOM and UAL. You can see the entry targets on the board. These are posted long before the opening bell. XOM at 4480 and United Airlines at 35.59. Let's run over to the chart. There's your Exxon Mobil. How about low of day, 44.75, one full nickel below the suggested entry put on the board before the opening bell. The rest is history. That classifies as a slower motion rocket ride. It went right along with the overall tone of the market. Should we expect anything different from United Airlines? How about low of day 35.51 against the suggested entry of 35.59? We do this each and every day over and over and over again. We don't win every trade. You can't win every trade. It's an impossibility. But we win a lot of these freaking trades. Before, we said we were going to get back to the SPY and talk about resistance. Let's say the market has follow through on Tuesday and continues higher. Where's the resistance area? Well, it's the same 312.15. That hasn't changed. So think about this for a minute. Yes, we had a reversal today. Market had a big gap down, reversed, finished near the highs. That's a good day. That's a reversal. On its face, the duck says it's bullish. What's the duck? If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. But what happens if they're not able to get above, meaning close the day above 312.15? Has anything changed? Not so much. Let's say they creep up there over the next couple of days and they get there, but they can't close above and they're over here a couple of days from now. What happens? Well, it starts to become somewhat of a bearish, flaggish, sloppy-ish, but yet bearish, flaggish pattern. What happens if they begin closing hourly and then certainly daily above 312.15? That's bullish. That would open the door to go up and fill the gap and if they did that, it would be unlikely they would stop at the gap. It's a little early for that. It's a little presumptuous. I'm not saying they will or they won't. I'm saying if they closed above 312.15, 
then it's pretty clear that we had another recocking of the gun and they weren't yet at final destination in the northern direction. That would be the prevailing wisdom from where I sit. Before we move on to other stuff, let's take a look at the 240 chart and we'll just have a different kind of conversation. Another perspective using the same stuff. Couple of things. Remember what we always say, when the market runs up to a spot and it stops, it's telling you that that spot is important. Same thing on the flip side. If it runs down to a spot, same thing. It's telling you it's important if it reverses or at least stops for a while at that spot. So here we go again. You have a pivot high here of 297.87. Then you have a low here of 296.87. Then you have a low today of 296.74. So you can see in this zone, forget the gap. I mean, the gap should have been filled under normal garden variety conditions. It's bullish that it wasn't, but normally they would fill the gap. Traders waiting to exit at the gap maybe on short trades, enter on long trades. They don't go to the gap. That's part of the shenanigans crew, also known as trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. But here's the other thing. Look at it this way, and we talk about this all the time. Think about it. So here's an interesting area. It's a pivot high. Forget the to the penny number, just the general zone on this chart. So the market's rejected, runs back up to the same general area, rejected again, comes back, and now it runs sideways, eating time off the clock, same general area, busts out. We talked about this last week or over the weekend video. What did it do? Came back to test the general area of the former or most recent breakout area. That's what it did. You can't pinpoint that concept to the penny all the time. But looking back, it's a lesson learned. That's exactly what happened. The market came back to double check or check in at or run a test at the most former or the most recent breakout area. That's it. Period. Full stop. Now, if it went down to the gap and reversed and did the same thing, we would be having the same exact conversation. Look at this over in Camp IWM. Not only was the low of day the opening print of day, right? And you can see that by the candle. Look at the low, okay? Low was 133.28. Open was exactly 133.28. So you would have had an immediate buy the dip crowd, an immediate rescue operation across the board. And guess what? The IWM, my favorite market leading indicator, was the first one that was bought up. SPY, market opened, went lower, and then reversed. Now check this out. And this goes in the category or camp of no accidents nor coincidences. The closing print on the IWM, 140.99. The high of this candle here, 141.02. And the high of this candle is 141.03. That's not an accident nor a coincidence. They had a choice and decided today not to close above those pivot highs. But isn't this the corresponding area that we talked about in the SPY that they're not there yet? Where they get into no man's land in order to fill the gap, in this case, up near 147. Maybe they gap them up on Tuesday. Maybe they pull the rug out and have another consolidation day, having another shakeout operation. We don't know exactly which one. That is precisely why they tend to leave you hanging certain markets, certain prices at the end of the day. That's the way it works by design. Who's it designed by? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Here's an example of what I'm referring to. So let's just go forward and say it's already Tuesday morning. They're gapping down. Why? 
Who knows why? It doesn't matter why. Some reason the market was down, the futures were down overnight, and the market's gapping down. All of a sudden, it runs a test of the 20-period moving average on the IWM down around 138, 137 and a half. And then, all of a sudden, you find out that, hey, they just did a garden variety retracement, and there they go on the way back up. That's the way the market works, but the media will trick you into thinking that it was down for some other reason. Unfortunately, all it was was a garden variety retracement. That happens all the time. We don't know that that's going to happen. It was a hypothetical type of thing. Didn't we say, and let's go back to the SPY chart for a second, because I think this is worth mentioning. Last week, whether it was towards the end of the week, actually it was in the beginning of the week, we mentioned that if in fact the S&P 500 was down testing the 20 period moving average, and we're saying this, meaning we said this when it was up here, okay, because it doesn't look like it's going to crack, right? There's nothing telling you the market's going to go down. We had that last Friday's low to contend with, and the market gap down below that. We know the rest. But what we did say was, if in fact that happened, the media's hair would be on fire. There would be all kinds of reasons why the market was getting killed. And essentially, so far, and we don't know this, we only know one day of this, but so far, it was a pullback recocking of the gun. And we said that, all that, in advance. You got to take notes and you got to go back to your notes and review what was said because you don't remember because we're skewed based on what's happening at present. We get tunnel vision. So here's what we do know. Back to the IWM. Gap over that pivot high number at 141.03 and it opens the door to go fill the gap officially will be filled at 146.18. Doesn't mean that has to stop there. That just means that's where the gap would be filled. What's doing down at the transportation department? Nice reversal in the transports. Again, here's another scenario where we have a slightly different look and slightly different behavior from market to market. So we can certainly make a case here easier than we can make a case elsewhere that we have One of these big down moves, that could be a flagpole, and now we have the formation or the formation underway of a potential bear flag pattern. Now that's more apparent here because we don't have the same look that we have in other markets. What takes this off the table? Same thing that we just discussed. Get above these pivot highs here, 92.30, and this pivot high would be 92.32 and change. Get above there, first on hourly and then daily chart closing basis, and then they'll go up and fill the gap. What's going on with the folks out in Silicon Valley? Well, they only ever tested their 20-period moving average, home base. That's just running a test. It's bullish. Above all the moving averages, there's nothing still wrong with this chart. You had a big breakdown candle. Same routine. you got to now get back above the high of that breakdown candle. You do that. And they're making new highs again in rapid fashion. Now, we don't know that's going to happen. I'm saying some of that certainly is presumptuous. But if they do get above the high of that breakdown candle, that shows the strength of the market, coupled with the fact that all they did was run a test of the 20-period moving average, couldn't do it today, meaning couldn't break down today, reversed basically near Friday's lows, making a slightly lower low, and that was it. That is on its face. The duck is bullish behavior. The financials across the board 
all markets pretty much look the same. It is all the same market. So all these charts basically are the same. They just don't all look identical to one another. Expect no different from Smash Mouth, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. Same routine. Just ran a test of the 20-period moving average. It's in an uptrend. This market is bullish. Last thing we'll note today is it's quadruple witching options expiration. That means that four asset classes will expire this Friday. Why is that important? Well, it may or may not be important, but it's an awareness that we must have. During the week, there tends to be a lot of back and forth rebalancing going on, jockeying for position. The whole options expiration thing is mainly an awareness, especially quadruple witching options expiration, and it'll likely be on increased volume, so the market can certainly move in both directions as the volume gets heavier. And so therefore, the moves in heavier volume are more pronounced, so it's something to watch out for. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That's true and accurate information. We're going to give it a wrap here today and pull the ripcord. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.